0: Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call story chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of Stories, the True and the Fictional, or Story Chat, as we like to call it. Um, This episode is brought to you by Rebecca Castles and the Rising Dawn series. Check it out on Amazon in paperback and kindle if you like uh werewolf romance and stuff like that um check it out there but um on today's episode we have justin t hunt how are you my friend i'm doing well thank you for having me here pleasure to have you so for those that um don't know who you
1: are uh, give us a rundown who is justin t hunt (laughs) well um I am thirty one uh thirty years old um about to be thirty one in August this year in fact mm-hmm. um I've been writing since I was about seven years old. um writing is my my passion. it's just something that I've always loved to do um and i just I have a you know great imagination for many different things, many different stories. And I get inspiration from anything. It's it's actually quite crazy how I often I get inspiration from stuff. So it's really good. Yeah, it sounds like we have uh
0: similar margin. Uh, your mind just wanders and you just create worlds and you know, you you wish you could record your dreams, probably. You know, because be yeah, you know, no good stuff from that. <laughs>
1: sometimes, sometimes it's like having that film reel in in my yeah. in my dreams. I feel like, oh, there's gonna be a way I can transform that into an actual movie because then yeah. people might actually see it yeah. too.
0: <laughs> well, that yeah, that would be amazing if you could have the ability to just like you know, like get your thoughts on paper instead of having to sit there and type it all out, and you know. <laughs> We actually we actually had an interview with someone um who was he was in prison and he wrote a whole lot of books in prison hmm. but with pen and paper. You that know, would have been like interesting. The, the old school like he's written like fifty books or something and he always wrote like no no internet, no no Google. It's the old traditional I gotta go down to the library if I want to learn about this and learn about that. And he wrote hmm. it down on pen and paper, you know.
1: How how did he get it published?
0: um well one, once he uh i can't remember um it's been a while it's i can't even think of his name um we interviewed he, he's on the uh stories and true and the fictional youtube channel um i'll probably i'll put it in the show notes for the, for the i just can't remember his name right now it's like eluding me but um he uh, you know it's killing it's killing me so i'm gonna look it up right now <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's all good Jim Riley is his name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you guys can check it, check that out on the um, stories Truth and fictional YouTube cha- channel or uh, the podcast if you scroll back a fair way. But yeah, he he was like a, an ex convict and he, he wrote all his books in in prison and got a publisher through it all. And um, yeah, I just the pen and paper thing. I just uh, I can't get my head around it. Like that would be so hard
1: to. It would be. I imagine it would be. And. It, like, if only there was uh, an invention that you could, like, put into your, your ear or something and, like, download it just downloads the idea straight out to your story yeah. <laughs> something like that you don't know how to do the writing your your mind does it for yeah. you <laughs> yeah that, that, that'd that, would be, we'll, that would be amazing that would be amazing we'll
0: talk to Elon Musk um and <laughs> <laughs> he'd be the one to do it right oh yeah I, I'm sure he would I'm sure he would work something out <laughs> yeah, the, guy, the guy's yeah um insanely intelligent but um look every episode when we get someone on we have these icebreaker questions um so are you ready to answer the the big five
1: yeah i'm ready let's do this
0: and we always say look this doesn't have to be political a lot of people go you know all the political you know the 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 miss universe answers you know (laughs) that sort of thing this is for a bit of a bit of a you know fun bit of a laugh so um if you could get one if you could get rid of one thing in the world what would it be mannequins (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know okay hear me out hear me out <laughs> I, I just i knew what that was gonna be straight away um, yeah. <laughs> i i have had a huge fear of records pretty much my whole life in fact i actually wrote um, a bad guy sort of bad guy in one of my stories based around that fear um and it's I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something about uh, mannequins, particularly the ones that actually have the human eyes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the hell out of me every yeah. single time. And yeah. I, I just sort of think to myself, what, I, mean, I can understand why shops had them back in the day, but why yeah. have them now? When yeah. you have models that will do the same thing, or you can yeah. have online shops and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I really do not like them at all yeah. i think they're terrified and yeah. if they really like um let's be honest if this whole ai controlling the universe at some point actually does happen um i'm fairly certain that robots uh would utilize the mannequins to their yeah. you know abilities <laughs> Yeah. And uh next thing you know we have a whole planet full of mannequins and robots. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um I actually had a friend way back when who had they had one in his house and they just put it in random places. Yeah. You know, just like here's a mannequin and and they'd play pranks on each other because it was a bunch of housemates and they'd they put it in the hallway in the middle of the night, you know, and then people would walk in and go, What the you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're the yeah, they kind of yeah, there there is something a little creepy about them, isn't there?
1: I've always I've always thought so. My um, my mom used to have this um, samurai statue, um, and she had it for years. Uh, but she she got it because uh, obviously she wanted to use it as a decoration for the house originally, uh, and then she got it into her head that it was supposed to be used as some kind of protection for the family. I'm not sure mm-hmm. where she got that idea from, um, uh, and. I hated the feed. I absolutely hated the feed. I'm just like <laughs> this feed is going to come to life and it's going to pull us <laughs> in our sleeps without us knowing. <laughs> I was certain, I was more than certain that that was going to happen. Um, and it took me it took me years to finally get around to uh, to getting used to it. But but um, when my mom remarried, um, you know, and now my current stepdad uh saw it, you know even he saw it and he was like yeah can we get rid of this please <laughs> so um now now it's it's long go I don't know where it is so thank <laughs> just, <laughs> and fake god mom if you watch this I apologize but it was scary <laughs> as hell I'm just gonna say it <laughs>
0: um yeah well let's move on from mannequins <laughs> and uh what's something on your bucket list
1: Oh, um, I've always wanted to go to Egypt and actually explore Tutankhamun's tomb. I think that would wait, 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 be... wait. So you're okay with mummies, but you're not okay with mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's it's a little bit bizarre. I'm more yeah. interested in the um in the history. Uh, yeah. I'm more interested in, in in all the artifacts and learning the history and stuff. Yeah. Um. As far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I want to say as far away from the actual mummies as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I've I've always had this fascination with uh, history, particularly uh, Egyptian history. Mm. And uh, when I was younger, I really liked the story of Tutankhamun for some reason, and, and and even like his the discovery of his tomb was was yeah. an interesting mystery. You know, the whole idea of this curse that possibly was put on to all these different people and and um it it really fascinated me and i I just i've been wanting to actually go there and um and visit the tomb ever since and if i could have the chance to do that i would absolutely absolutely take that chance yeah it is yeah i've always been
0: fascinating but fascinated with egypt but through sci-fi you know like stargate is heavily egyptian stuff and of course, Brendan Fraser's the mummy. Um, You know those old school things. That, that's what really got me thinking about Egypt and all that stuff. Mm. So, so do you think the the uh, the pyramids were made by aliens? Or no, no, I, I don't, <laughs> no. I don't
1: believe that. No, no. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The idea of aliens is interesting, but I don't think they were built by
2: aliens.
1: No. Um, Personally, like, if aliens existed, I kind of feel like they would see that as a waste of their intelligence. Yeah. Like, yeah, i like, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, we, we're we going to come to this Earth and we're going to give you knowledge, but we're not going to, you know, actually help you um, yeah. with this knowledge. We're going to specifically build pyramids out of blocks, huge blocks, <laughs> that are uh, just for for... Uh, keeping track of your uh, of your pharaohs like, yeah. it doesn't add up to yeah. me it doesn't yeah. add up so um, yeah. no I, I don't believe that they yeah. have been <laughs> like yeah. aliens yeah. at all yeah. so yeah. Um, but I've always like again I I am kind of interested in the idea of aliens which is interesting yeah. because I myself am a Christian uh, but I do kind of have this small belief that there is aliens out there I, I, I don't a hundred percent believe it but it's i'd say it's more like 50 50
2: yeah
1: Uh, a part of me believes it me doesn't so um Mm. i guess you know you have this situation where as a christian we believe that god created everything and everyone uh if he created such a big universe and we have proven that it is a very big universe yeah um why would he only put sentient life on one planet it just yeah doesn't really seem to add up to me and and uh the, the the other interesting
0: thing is that where we are in the galaxy is perfect for observing everything mm. you know like um like you get better views from here than you do with on saturn or mars or you know mm.
1: and we just so happen to be perfectly spaced away from the sun so that we yeah. actually get you know the heat from the sun but we don't get yeah. killed by it yeah <laughs> that, that definitely
0: has that designed vibe, doesn't it? <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. I, I don't I don't believe in the whole Big Bang theory, and I do apologise really? if that goes against anyone else's thing. Um, but I don't believe in the Big Bang theory. I don't believe in evolution, um, mainly because it just feels like, like, like you pointed out, it feels like it's too much of a coincidence for these yeah. things to have happened. Yeah um well no well i'm more like look i don't
0: believe there's enough evidence to support evolution in Mm. the sense and when i say evolution i'm saying we were once goobity goos in a slop somewhere and then now we're people like you know that yeah there's there's definitely a different kind of evolution like change over time obviously but no but i i I believe in the big
1: bang Mm. you know okay yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting one to look into, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and uh, as as a Christian, you know, we believe in in God and you know heaven and earth and that sort of stuff. Um, but I do like to hear other people's thoughts on their own beliefs. You know, yeah. I, I I don't take it by heart. Yeah. Um, but I'm more than happy to allow someone else to be like, oh well, this is what I believe, and this is. Yeah you Know this is my evidence to what I believe, and I'll, I'll be yeah. like, okay, fair enough. This is my evidence for what I believe, you mm-hmm. know. And um, we could sort of work yeah. things out, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm the sort of person that um is, I guess, willing to accept other people's point of views. I think that's yeah. the best way well, to you're bring willing it.
0: to listen to them, you're willing to be respectful. Yeah, you know, and exactly. that's, that's 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 a hard thing to find these days, isn't it? You know, it's like especially people, people on the internet. <laughs> yes, just get off Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like I, it's just why I don't argue on the internet because I would rather sit down with someone and have a conversation where you know you're not going to get you know um, misunderstood. Hmm.
1: You know? Face to face conversations work far better. Than yeah. Just you know, typing on the computer, yeah, you know, yeah. far
0: keyboard, better than that. Keyboard warriors, <laughs> as exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, lighten the mood with uh one of Ryan's favorite questions, and he's sorry you can't be here, but uh, what is the greatest sitcom
1: ever made? Oh, that's that's a <laughs> tough one. Um, depends on what you what you really refer to as sitcom because I myself I love English comedy, yeah. Um, well, I classify it the um like let's Uh, say like like, what do you refer to science fiction comedy or or more based on reality comedy no well
0: let's a sit well let's let's just define what a sitcom is it's like um i'll just throw out some examples you've got red dwarf would be a sitcom you've Mm. got um black books i would say is a sitcom Mm. and you've got uh friends you've got seinfeld you know it's like that half hour you know comedic yeah. comedic kind of show yeah
1: okay fair enough uh, i wasn't entirely sure what you meant by that but okay that gives me a better idea um if i had to choose personally this is from my point of view of course um my absolute favorite and hands down everyone should watch it is mm. red dwarf 100% mm. uh, but i will i will say this only the first nine seasons. <laughs> <laughs> nine seasons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's actually like eleven or twelve now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved Red Dwarf. Um growing up, you know, I watched Lister and all of his chaos uh, unfold, and uh by far my favorite episode is the polymorph one. Absolutely mm. love that episode. Um and yeah, just the the sense of humor and the the wit, the fast paced action, and all that it was really combined very mm-hmm. well. Um, and I, I just I definitely think it's worthwhile checking it out. So yeah. anyone out there who hasn't checked it out, yeah. go see Red Dwarf. It is yeah. definitely worth your time. Well, um, well, our 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 sponsor Re-
0: uh, Rebecca Castles, I she I think she's in agreement. She loves Red Dwarf as well. Um. And I think she, a friend of hers met um, one of the characters. Like I can't, oh, remember, yeah. I can't remember them now. Like met them on the street somewhere or something, and then got him to record a voicemail. Uh, <laughs> that would have you know, been cool. You know, that would have not. I can't. I can't. I apologize. I, I can't remember um, much from from like you know the early days of the podcast because I've been working that much. <laughs> My brain is just mush at the moment. <laughs> um, but yes. I accept your
1: answer. Red Dwarf is pretty awesome. Uh, uh, second, second uh, would be uh, Black Books, as you mentioned before. Definitely I, Black Books. I love Black Books.
0: The only thing wrong with Black Books is it, it's only what thirteen episodes.
1: Yeah, there was no, only three like... seasons, which is yeah. criminally undershort. Uh, just yeah. like they could have brought, they, they could have kept going. They yeah. could have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I love. I Favorite, love... favorite episode. That's that's really hard, but um, jeez, oh, favorite episode of Black Books. I really like the one where they write a kids' book.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that one's <laughs> you good. know,
0: and it's too good. They have to get rid of it. <laughs> um, oh, the one where Bernard gets locked out of his own shop with the security system yeah and
1: he takes up a job as a, <laughs> yeah. a mcdonald's type restaurant yeah. server yeah. that sort of thing yeah. yeah i do remember that one yeah. uh my, my favorite episode by far is the piano one yes
0: yes with the three blind mice <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the
1: three old guys coming in yeah. it's just like yeah. Uh, this yeah. is my grandpa, this
0: is my grandma grandpa. Like, mm. oh my gosh. She she's she's a prodigy, you know. <laughs> and in there with I can't ears.
1: get a refund because it's all <laughs> of bloody spoons. Oh, it's so good. Uh yeah. it was it was good. It was a good series, and I I really wish it could have gone on just a little bit longer. Maybe yeah. five seasons would have been fine, but yeah. I guess, you but know, that's... they probably saw it as just that was fine enough. Well, that's not the
0: British thing to do, is it? <laughs> You know, to to go more than three seasons, <laughs> you know,
1: unless uh, you read the Wolf, of course. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. well, that, I think that's the exception. That's the exception. Um, all right. How do you feel about zombies?
1: Do you have a zombie apocalypse plan? <laughs> not, not really. Uh, my my ultimate plan for that um would be to find the nearest bunker. No matter who belongs to, yeah. and sneak, fully sneak in there with a whole bunch of food and be like, "This is my place now." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I don't know how to shoot guns. Yeah. I don't have experience with bows and arrows. I'm not yeah. a very fast runner. Um, I could probably, you know, punch a few if I was you <laughs> push, know, push courageous enough to yeah. push them away. Yeah. Uh, I have been you know, so I, I have that with uh, for me, I guess, and. But yeah, I definitely would not be able to face off against a whole horde of them. Um, And I probably would utilize, um, because my stepdad, my uncle, and a few of my relatives, they do know how to shoot guns. So, yeah. I would probably utilize their ex- uh, experience to <laughs> <Yeah>. my benefit <laughs> in some kind of way. Yeah. I'm like, protect me, protect me. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're like, find family that know how to kill. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, well, I'm I'm up in the Blue Mountains, so I'm like, everyone says, what's your plan? I'm going, like, just stay where I am because everyone's plan is head to the mountains, you know? So I'm like, yeah. just <laughs> I'll stay here, got a veggie patch, you know? Don't draw attention to myself. I'll be right. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> the the chances of there's if you know if it was to happen, the chances of a zombie apocalypse to reach as far as the Blue Mountains are very slim. Yeah. Um, because they would probably be more like, excuse me, probably be more likely to be based around major city areas. Yeah. Um, you know, sort like Sydney or Melbourne or you know that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so. Uh, in my case, I would probably stay where I am, but yeah, yeah. like I said probably find like a, yeah. a base or something yeah. that I could tie in yeah. somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, you'd have a lot more prep time because, you know, you'd hear about what's happening in the cities and... Well, oh. time to back!
2: <laughs> You're like, well,
0: oh, I'll get ready! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, now for the ultimate question. Elon Musk calls you up, says he loves your book The Freyon on and <laughs> offers you to test drive his new electric time machine. <laughs> uh, what do you do? Where do you go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> Well, if I really wanted to time travel, I would probably go back in time to um, officially meet um, the... Uh, officially meet C.S. Lewis, I think.
2: Oh, yes. yeah. Uh,
1: because Narnia has been a huge, huge inspiration for my my books, uh, for my life. A lot of stuff that you know I've been going through has been majorly inspired by Narnia books, and I would love more than anything to go back in time and you know, actually get a chance to meet him, mm-hmm. see what he was like, um. And I guess congratulate him. Uh, well, congratulate uh, Thank him. More than, yes. <laughs> thank him is what I Congratulations, mean. <laughs> C.S. Lewis, for inspiring me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have no idea how much you've inspired me. So yeah, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, actually, um. thinking about it, I probably would go to every famous author that... um you know has written fantasy that i've been inspired by who has unfortunately passed away and i would thank them you know just personally i would thank them for their inspiration i would thank them for uh you know everything that they have achieved um the, the funny thing is like um the time periods that they would come from they wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I go back yeah. and I'm like, thank you, thank you for all your inspiration, all your hard work and everything. Yeah. And they'd probably be like, who, who are you? Are you? <laughs> 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 What's going on right now? <laughs> well, well essentially,
0: because C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were friends. That's right, uh, yes. You could very well just run into a restaurant and they'd be sitting there and you'd be like, hello, you too, I love you. <laughs> you know?
1: you have no idea you such a big inspiration you have to the whole world about your stories yeah (laughs)
2: that'd
0: be amazing yeah
1: uh it would be um and maybe even go back to um to properly meet uh to as well if if i knew how to speak egyptian (laughs) (laughs) go back there and be like so uh what, what was you plan? <laughs>
0: yeah, you'd, or you'd, maybe you'd even need, stop him from being killed. I don't know. <laughs> you'd, you'd need a translator, and you know, um, <laughs> somehow not be a threat to them. <laughs> yeah, know, well, in case he's like, come <laughs> come here and torture you or something. You know, you you don't know what's gonna.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've, that's an is an interesting one um, because like if you. I, I love Doctor Who, a uh, you know, big fan of Doctor Who. And um, the whole idea of, you know, crisscrossing through time and space is really, really interesting. And so when you, you know, when you someone is, uh, is asking, you know, what time period would you time travel to if you could? Um, yeah, that would definitely be my answers. Meet yeah. all these famous authors and be like, thank you. Yeah. You've been such a huge inspiration to me yeah. and to millions upon millions of other people throughout history and um just you know keep doing your best doing what you are uh, what you're currently doing and um you know you you will get there eventually because you have to remember back when most of these authors first you know got off the ground got their stories published um well for for one the internet didn't exist (laughs) (laughs) And, and for another you know um the money was a lot less um, worthwhile than it is now. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it wasn't all about trying to get money from it. Yeah. It was more just getting your idea out there and allowing people to accept what you're writing and, yeah. and, and, you know, give it a chance. And yeah. I, I really appreciate that because yeah, that's essentially what I'm trying to do with my writing as well. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, Before we get
0: into your writing, I want want to talk to you about something um, that we've mentioned on the main show of our podcast, that me and Ryan went to see Weird Al Yankovic in concert. And it turns out that you
1: were there as well. I was, yes, (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. Same concert, same concert. Same concert, yeah. There you go, right? Um, I actually got the chance to meet Weird Al on that day, uh, on that night. And it was absolutely incredible. I had a VIP ticket and... Yeah. I I I was actually in the front row. I don't know. Were you don't in know the front you, row? I was yeah. legit in the front yeah. row. Like I could actually touch the, the stage. stage. I could yeah. legitimately touch the stage. I was that no. close. No, yeah, yeah, um,
0: we were up top. We were like close to the front front row, but up the top section. Yeah. Um, look, looking down, so they were still pretty good seats. Uh, but those tickets sold out so fast.
1: Oh, they did. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I remember. Um. I remember the like the couple of weeks leading up to, before the actual yeah. uh, performance um people were storming Twitter uh with things mm-hmm. like "Oh, here I come, not weird out, this has gotta be awesome, this is gotta be epic and it was hard to uh not miss that sort of thing, yeah <laughs> um. Yeah so it it show it goes to show that Weird Al is still as popular now as he yeah. was 10 years ago or even yeah. 15 years ago
0: you know I'll, so I was I was surprised by the range of age there like from old to young to those yeah, kids Yeah I know it I, was, I was amazing when, I met when we were lining up to get merch um, there was a kid behind us it was his first ever concert
1: Yeah, and his first
0: ever concert is Weird Al, you know.
1: Like, how awesome is that? That is really good. That is amazing. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, like I met a few people there. Um, I'm really glad I did. You know, they were really nice people, and um, and like I said, I actually did get a chance to uh, to talk to briefly talk to uh, Weird Al right at the end. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because the concert went on pretty late like yeah you were there it went on pretty late
2: yeah
1: um by the time we actually got to see him and and talk to him it was getting on to midnight
2: yeah
1: (laughs) i think by that time everyone was tired everyone was packing up let's let's hurry this along we gotta go home we gotta go home (laughs) (laughs) so um sadly i didn't get much of a chance to say much to him but yeah. I was able, and this is really, really special. I was able to give Weird Al Yankovic a copy of my book signed That's by awesome. me. Awesome. So I'm really happy about did, that. Did I now you, know did you, that. Did he you has
0: say that. did you say congratulations, Weird Al? <laughs> 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 no,
1: um Congratulations, Wordsford. Yeah. <laughs> <with me.
0: laughs> uh yeah. Um, oh yeah. geez did, um, did he did, he, did he seem seem grateful for it was it like all,
1: all, he like all, he, what all? he did seem very happy to get it i think he was a bit surprised yeah um he did say he was going to read it in front of many people so he has to keep that promise so yeah <laughs> um uh yeah but Sally, that's not really a guarantee that he's going to like spread it yeah. to other people but no, that's yeah. okay you know i'm no. not too fussed about that yeah. um you know, if he by some miracle is watching this, which would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> hi. And thank oh, you. It was great to meet you.
0: And and if you're watching Win al come on the show. We'd love to talk to you.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was really good. Uh the songs were great, of course. Um yeah the fact that he had that interesting remake of Amish Paradise at one point was really good because Amish Paradise is actually my favorite song.
0: Yeah, mine too. And,
1: and when he included it in that but he had it like remixed or something yeah. uh, I didn't oh, was recognize a... the beat at first and everybody
0: like, yeah. Oh, it's a it's a <laughs> it was a medley, you know, where they where they put all the all the songs together in a mashup and then right, the, a yeah. the bit of because he was obviously like I have to he mainly did all original so he's probably like well there's going to be people that are like oh he didn't do this he didn't do that so he's probably doing <laughs> okay this is for all you people that want to you know hear this hear those songs but um yeah
1: uh, it's 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 interesting that he's still going you know he's like 65 now it's quite yeah, yeah he, he's, he's, he's still 60s, going yeah. um uh, like i found that out recently that he's like in his late 60s now and it's just amazing he's still going strong he's still doing these tours and by the sounds of things he's still making music so you know that's great more power to him
0: did you have you had a chance to watch his biopic yet
1: I I did actually watch it. Um, <laughs> there's there's so many questions I have about that yeah, movie that yeah. <laughs> um, they would probably take up their own episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, look, uh,
0: I, yeah. It was a parody. Like, so I think I think I saw in an interview. He said that it, he wanted you to be guessing what's real and what's not. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, there's obvious, obvious things like he. His girlfriend wasn't Madonna. <laughs> oh, we know.
1: Like I knew, you know? I, she, start, she, I knew that. She
0: didn't get kid kidnapped by Pablo Escobar.
1: <laughs> you know? like, you know? like, uh, like for for like a majority of the movie, it seemed like it was plausible at the yeah. least. You know, some of it was plausible yeah. Yeah. up till that point yeah. when she gets kidnapped and, she, yeah. and he basically turns into um, John Wick for Bree. brief yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So he turns into John Wick yeah. and then he turns into Rambo and he's like, yeah. what the heck is going on?
0: Yeah. Um, I know for a fact <laughs> he re- he recorded his first single in a in a train station bathroom or something like that. So that that was true.
1: That is true, yeah, that um, is true.
0: His his parents did buy him an accordion from a door-to-door salesman. That's true. Mm-hmm. But his parents were very supportive of him. They were the supportive in, in the movie. They're not, you know. Yeah,
1: well, especially the dad. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I think yeah. there's only. Um, I think they actually released a short list of things that were actually true yeah. uh, to, the, to the public, yeah. and the, like those things that you said were one of, were a few of the things. Um, I think it was about like five. <laughs> in the whole time movie. <laughs> yeah. oh man but like i, I had to give congratulations to weird Al because um with with this movie he really put a lot of um expectations on this and i, I like a lot of people were expecting it to be this amazing true like actually true story yeah. about his life and yeah. where he's got how he got to where he is now and that yeah. but I think um for me, I secretly i secretly knew um for a long time that it was going <laughs> to be a parody like yeah i I was there when he did um a a performance tour in um in canberra way mm-hmm. back when I was like 18, I think I was 18 yeah. at wow. the time, um, and I remember uh, there was like a brief moment during um, like music changeover, where he was, had to stop and get into some different gear, and, and then come back into that new gear, um, I remember they actually had a trailer for the biopic, and this yeah. is way before they even decided to um, include Daniel Radcliffe in it all so Mm. this was the original um, trailer for what the story was going to be and the interesting the interesting thing about that is um, it was actually written by a YouTube channel called Funny or Die yeah Um, I know them yeah so it was originally made to be a parody yeah and I'm not sure what the exact story is but Weird Al must have picked up on it and he was yeah. like yeah I want to put actual money into this I want yeah. to you know actually put some evidence into this and make this a reality yeah. and, and that's how the bio, the actual biopic movie happened mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware
2: yeah
1: um but it's just interesting to to know that I was there um when they officially showed it you know yeah. um to people in in that tour back when I was 18 and I'm, I'm here now I'm meeting him and I've seen the actual biopic and I know the, orig- the origins of it all it's just yeah. so crazy that's awesome that's
0: awesome <laughs> um well we could talk about Weird Al for you know a whole tv series <laughs> length you, you know but um let, let's talk about let's talk about your books but first before we talk about your book uh how did you get into writing where did it all begin for you You said you
1: mentioned it was. You said you were seven years old. Uh, Yeah, I I was seven when I started writing. Um, so when I originally started writing, um, I I was actually back in school, so I was in public school, and we had a teacher. I think it was my year four teacher, and he was uh his name was Mister Fabian, if I remember, which creeps my roommate out because his name is Fabian as well so (laughs) (laughs) he's like you talking to me mate? (laughs) no I'm not talking about you mate I'm talking about someone else (laughs) (laughs) but um there was a point where Mr Fabian started reading um poor Jenny books to us now and then for for English lessons and I do remember I think it was um the short story that was called Little Black Balls, I think it was, Mm -hmm. Uh, and when I heard him reading that, um, something in me clicked, it was like something turned on, and I just automatically, I was just like, I want to start writing like this, I want to start Mm -hmm. being a, a writer that brings imagination to others, or you know, make some cry, make some laugh, make some smile, make some sad you know um, and I felt like this was something that I wanted to work towards. So mm. um, in- interesting enough the week after that he actually gave us like Mr Fabian gave us a assignment that we had to work on by ourselves mm. and the assignment was to w- write a short story based around um, this little image that was on like a piece of paper. And um, the, what was it? The plot of it was based around a question uh, relating to that picture. And the question was, um, imagine if you uh, were walking down a road and you come across an abandoned wrecked car, um, and it starts to talk to you like what would you do what would yeah. be the situation you come up with the story behind everything there and and through that I started writing my my official first book um which unfortunately was never actually published but mm. um you know uh, I I I've put a lot of effort into this and a lot of a lot of work <laughs> yeah. uh, you know 70 years old <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was my official first story that I'd ever done, and it was called "Hank the Abandoned Car,"
0: and wow. I remember it very well. Like,
1: I, you know, obviously, I remember these things yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, and it was it was exactly that. It was about a kid who found an abandoned, wrecked car in the middle of a, a street, and the car started talking to him, and mm. you know, this whole adventure would unraveled because of that and i i had you know a, a scenario i had characters i had comedy i had action you know mm. the whole the whole lot um yeah. and it actually got me a few awards because people really liked it at school so uh, i was really happy with that and i think it was at that point i knew that i was going to be a writer and basically i've been writing ever since awesome
0: um so you haven't tried selling it to the people that made Herbie and see if they could <laughs> do a spin-off? Was no, <laughs> no. Um
1: unfortunately that story has um since fallen to the wayside. I'm probably yeah. not going to re- uh, going to try and rewrite it or anything like yeah. that. Uh, mainly because I was concerned with uh people assuming that I was plagiarizing Yeah. um other things you know, uh, for instance the whole idea of talking cars yeah. Automatically, people would think of cars. You know the yeah. Pixar movie, yeah. um, but I want to say this: I thought the idea first. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I started yeah. writing the story yeah. when I was uh, back in back in 1999. I don't know when Cars was released, but I know it wasn't oh. released then. No, Car-
0: Cars was <laughs> Cars was mid 2000s, I think. But um, but that being said, the way a copyright works in Australia, if you wrote it and you have a record of it then that's copyright you don't need mm. to go through some fancy um agency or whatever you just like as soon as you write it down that's you know
1: yeah but i was seven so i didn't know that <laughs> well, you should sue you should sue disney i should <laughs> sue Pixar for taking my idea yeah. seven years and, old and i be- wrote and because they're like a
0: multi-billion dollar company they'll probably just pay you to go away you know <laughs> <laughs> either way you'll win um well.
1: Here's two million dollars. Go ahead and do something yeah. else. Shoot, yeah. yeah.
0: shoot. Shoo. Uh, <laughs> um, all oh, right, let, 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 let's talk about uh Frey on Fables. Um, okay. yeah, tell us what's
1: it about. Uh, the, the series in general, or just this yep, particular just... book? Well, all, these... both. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we want to f- focus on the, the series in general first, so. Um, the series is going to be comprised of three sections, three seasons, if you yep. will. Um, and each one follows a specific storyline. So in season one, we're following Mick Lane, uh, the school, the main character of uh, um, Rise to the Challenge.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
1: following him as he basically becomes the world of Freon. He, became, he becomes that world's champion. He becomes the first explorer of this world um and it's it's a chronicle of all of his different adventures what he gets up to uh who he inspires all the bad guys that he comes up against and um it, at the end of the day it's all about him trying to achieve freedom not just for himself but for his family and his friends. That's what he really wants to aim for, is trying to get that sense of freedom for everyone. Um, because he knows firsthand what it's like to be a prisoner. So he wants to help others gain their freedom, whether it be physical freedom or some kind of mental freedom that they have. Uh, and that's the, that's the essential message of season one. Um, <laughs> Season two is a little bit tougher. (laughs) (laughs) I won't go into it too much um, because I don't want to, you know, put in any spoilers for it just yet. Um, But season two is going to be about a family who uh, they live in England. And essentially it's sort of like Naya where you have this family that go into the magical world and they experience all this stuff for the first time. But I obviously, you know, I put my own little twists and turns in a, a, a way different to Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, um, there's this curse that's been laid on the family, and it's been re- reignited, if you will, uh, because the current family has moved back into the uh, the manor that they they used to own, and, and now they re-own it. So. Um, There's this curse that they have to try and figure out how to break Um, and through that they find their way into the Freon world and yeah it's again it's a chronicle of all their experiences uh, through both worlds Um, while they're trying to you know find out who put the curse on the family and also find out a way back home basically. Um, and that that's the essential outline for the second season. And then the third season would be probably the most epic one, uh, because mm-hmm. it's it's trying to tie together all these loose ends that yeah. popped up during the first two seasons, while also add in new things. Um and in this in this third season, it's made pretty clear that there's been a bad batch of people um that have sort of been working behind the scenes the whole times so like pulling strings in certain areas or or um doing certain things that have set in stone um elements that happen within the Freon universe yep. and everything that happens in season three is Basically, all those loose ends finally coming together and being like, this is how it's going to end. This is how it's going to be. Um, And yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting that one published, Mm. but it's going to be... It's going to be far more epic and very (laughs) convoluted. Uh, So I definitely wouldn't say it's for kids. (laughs) (laughs) Because what I wanted to do with the fame of fables in general was something along the lines of Harry Potter, where it would start off for a younger generation, you know, let's say eight, nine, 10, 11, you know, following and following and following. And when they finally get into season three, They're well and truly adults and they can, you know, understand all these complicated things that are going on. And, and basically they can figure out what's going on for themselves.
0: Yeah. So the book, the book series grows with the audience or the audience grows with the book series. That sort of. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. And honestly, I'm quite proud with how I've written um, the third season, for instance, uh, a lot of the stuff that happens within the third season gets a little bit complicated because I involve time travel yeah. <laughs> and as we all know time travel yeah. in itself is very com- confusing at times yeah. and so um, I-, I had to kind of write myself into a corner when it came to doing the time travel aspect yeah but um, I think I think i'm sort of patting myself on the back here um <laughs> that i i uh, approach it in a very smart uh very uh interesting way and um a huge thank you to dr who for giving me the inspiration yeah. for it too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that, that um i hope that answers that question for yeah. you
0: <laughs> yeah no that's that's awesome so um so it's obviously you've you've got a whole lot of animals in this is very animal based. So um, why did you choose a squirrel for um, your main character? <laughs> well,
1: that is, that is interesting. Um, Cause uh, you know, as an Australian, people yeah. would think, oh, you, why not why did you pick like say a kid though or something like that for your yeah. main character? Um, I, I wanted to do a squirrel because um, first off squirrels are, native to england and the story of the rochesters and Freyon in general generally takes place in england some of yeah. the some of the locations do take place in america or briefly in australia yeah. as well but they generally try to stick to an england-based area yeah um and so i wanted to have a small creature that was from england and that people would recognize yeah relatively straight away and um, yeah, when when I was starting to write this, I'm like, okay, it has to be a squirrel because I just yeah. love the look of squirrels. They yeah. look really cool. Yeah. I mean, look, look at those cute little tails. It's so yeah. cool. Um, and they also have um, the unique capability of holding certain things that most animals of that size yeah. wouldn't Can't, be able yeah. to. Uh, so like, they can they can actually hold stuff in one pool instead of just always holding it in both pools you know and stuff like that and that got me thinking okay you know that is a a little bit more believable you know uh yes it is fantasy but you know at least things like that could be believable to a sense you know and um yeah I think that's essentially why I went with a squirrel because They were recognisable. They had these capabilities if they if they wanted to, obviously. And I just I really like the look of them, and they are just absolutely adorable.
0: <laughs> yeah, they 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 have a cheeky element to them as well, don't they? They do. They, they, they look, do. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they always look like they're up to something
1: no uh, someone someone um who reviewed my book said oh if you believe in the school mafia or something like that I'm like yeah okay i can see that yep okay <laughs> one funny. of the one of the things they said oh if you believe in the school buffer there's a bit of that in here too I'm like yeah okay i can see that for sure <laughs> um, oh dear <laughs>
0: so so where did where did the i do you remember where the idea came from for the for the Brian Fables? Did, like.
1: Well, funnily enough, it was a combination of uh, Narnia, obviously, and actually moving to a place. Um, I, I briefly was living in a place called Cabago, which for those who don't know is a place here in this, in New South Wales. It's a country-based town, and I'm I briefly moved there with my family. This was before my mum remarried, and um, when we were there. Um, one of the places that we moved to while we were there had an absolutely gorgeous forested area. And don't get me wrong. um, The Blue Mountains is gorgeous too, (laughs) but there was something about the mix of both farm and forest together that really got me, that really inspired me. And um, I think I knew at that point that that would be the main setting for um, the the Freon world, or at least you know a a majority of the the action in yeah. the Freon world, which is, you know, it's how it turned out because, um, if you look up on like Google Maps, the name Rochester, like the city Rochester, yeah. does exist in England. It's a yeah. real place, yeah. and it's it's kind of a mix of both. Um. It's both country and frolic. It's both medieval, but also present. And yeah. uh, I, I was just like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, I was heavily inspired by my experience there. And admittedly, at the same time, I was inspired by my fear, which is mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, One of the threats... One of the main bad things that attack the yeah. family in season two of the Feyon Fables is this um I'm not sure what you would refer to it as. It's um it's supposed to be a robot, but it's yeah. like hidden within a shining armor, a medieval shining armor right, suit.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh so you have this thing walking around with shining armor, um, you know the sort of thing that medieval knight would wear Uh, and it's trying to you know take down family members and I was (laughs) I'm sorry to say this mom again I love you mom but (laughs) this thing scared me to death um I was heavily inspired by both the samurai statue that we actually had and by an experience that I actually saw when I was younger when we went to England for I think it was the second time yeah. uh, and when we were there we got the chance to visit a castle that had um, I think it was the filming set for like a version of the Joan of Arc story All right. and yeah. so so they actually had shiny Namas suits mm. around you know as as um, decoration and stuff like that and I swear to God that one <laughs> of those suits actually had, you know, the visor, right? Yeah. actually had red glowed eyes. I like, uh. you stay away from me. No, yeah. you stay yeah. far away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But you know, th- that sort of thing. Yeah. I do get inspired by real life events or real yeah. life, you know, trauma sometimes yeah. too. And, um, that that helped, and um, living in Gipabo helped. Living uh, near Frost helped big time. Um, yeah. a, a lot of Australian animals do appear in um, in the Freon Fables, and a lot of cool. you know inspiration from real life yeah. events you know happen uh, throughout the the Fayon Fables C, uh, series. So. Um, It's sort of combination of all all for inspiration, yeah. Yeah,
0: That's 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 awesome. Not 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 one single thing, you know. Just drawing in everything from around you to create. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, talked about where the idea came from, but now now that you've got the idea, how did you how did you map it out? How did you go about writing it? Did you just did you just go or (laughs) or did you map it out properly?
1: (laughs) Um i i admit that when i started writing the family fables i i actually started writing the rochester runes storyline which is the second season uh, i wrote that first um and I, I i wrote it finished it you know done dusted felt good felt happy And then about two weeks later i looked at it like I feel like I didn't give enough depth to this world. Mm. I really should <laughs> fix that. <Yeah. laughs> so, so I went about uh, trying to think of like um, what would be a good backstory for this world and what yeah. could I add that hasn't been explained? Um, you know, what new characters, what new worlds, what new adventures? And through that, I created the McLean story. story. Um, and then eventually I was like, okay, I have a middle section i have a beginning section mm. now i really need to work on an ending section which yeah. is how you know uh, the last season came together um which like i said before was very challenging because it was yeah. obviously the most epic one it was the finale yeah um but yeah i don't think i had any particular plan from the get-go for it to be a huge um what's going to be now 21 book series <laughs>
0: wow <laughs>
1: yeah that's that's how many books are going to be in the series in whole um because i'm dividing them up into small sections yeah. uh so you have six books planned out for mclean's adventures you have seven for the rochester story and then hopefully you have eight for the last series um, and it will all come together. It will weave together, and hopefully, will be enough to get people's interest for the whole thing. Um, but like that was not the plan <laughs> originally. It <that> was not <laughs> the plan at all. So I think there was a point in my in my life. I, I was probably a uh, seventeen, probably seventeen at the time when I was like, I need to make this a series that feels more alive yeah um and feels like it could actually be its own world because up until i was 17 i'd only just written the test rooms that was yeah. it so um yeah and i i guess i just was like yeah no I, I do need to give this more fleshed out characters more fleshed out situations and um yeah that, that's that's how the the series came together you know and since then i've been trying to uh i, I guess um branch out into other genres yeah. uh, branch out into other possible ideas and um hoping that uh they will be just as accepted as the fan fables is gaining. So yeah. I'm really happy with how I've been progressing with it all. Awesome. Well, look, before
0: we wrap it up, Um, I remember when we were talking before off camera or off recording, Um, you had a marketing strategy thing that you were working on. Mm. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I'm sorry, I, I forget <laughs> what it was called, but... <laughs> that's okay,
1: that's right. Um, um, so this is probably the weirdest way to market a story. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, I uh, I recently found out about this, um, this thing called ARG, which stands for Alternative Reality Game. Uh, and with these uh, ARGs, you can create you can create a story that the audience um finds out by piecing together codes by finding missing messages by following links through youtube videos that sort of stuff and there's just so many out there there's a huge amount out there but the one thing that i've kind of been put off by is the fact that most of these RGs, if not a huge majority of them, um, they are all horror-based. They are very much into the yeah. whole idea of it being creepy and, you know... Manic- that sort mannequins, of... mannequins everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> so, with, with my idea, um, what I'm trying to do is... I've taken on the idea of the multiverse being a thing. So, you know, multiverse madness, uh, you know, yeah. Doctor Strange and all that. So um, I have created a company. It's not a real company. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I've created a company that essentially acts like an information hub. So you go there if you want to find out more about another universe. Yeah. Um. And you can also go there if you want to say for a little while before you go to that other universe, sort of like a preparation point, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that this company has been going on for millions of years and um, they recently found, just so happened to have recently <laughs> found uh, I, the existence of a new universe which just so happens to be called the Freyon universe, yeah. which oh. is how it ties in with, <laughs> with my series. Yeah. Um, because this, um, this ARG that I've started, um, it's essentially a book marketing ARG. It's to help get people more aware of my stories. Um, at, like, even if they don't, uh, buy it from like say social media pages or anything like that they can still find stuff to do with it through this ARG mm. um, I, I don't want to go into it too much because I want to try <laughs> to avoid as much spoilers as I can because yeah. uh, that will break the immersion of it all Yeah. Uh, but I will say a couple of things uh, first off um, there is definitely something going on in the company that people need to find out. they need to solve this mystery that's going on. Um, and secondly, how it relates to Freyon is that there's a series of characters, like three or four characters that um, do pop up in the Freyon universe who um, they also are mentioned in this company. Uh, and they're mentioned in a way that's like, well, they're how do I put it? They they they're mentioned in a way to make it seem like they are actually in the company, like they're maybe doing something physical in the company or yeah. or talking to someone, you know. Um, and and it's it's interesting because all this is happening. At the same time as the Freon series is unfolding, so there, mm-hmm. straight away you have this conflicting timeline idea. Like, has this already happened? Is this going to happen? Is it in the past? You know, you're not sure,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that's why it's an ARG because you, as the audience, you need to find the clues, find the codes, and figure it all out. Um, I'm proud to say that I've already done and dusted with the first chapter of it i'm really happy with how it's turned out um yeah so if if anyone is interested in that i can provide you a link to the um the channel if you like i can provide you a link to the youtube channel to get started on that if you like
0: send it through and i'll I'll drop it in the show notes um
1: and hopefully people will jump on yeah i'm i'm hoping so too it's it's going to be my biggest project, like yeah. no doubt about it. It's going to be my yeah. biggest project of my entire life. So awesome. I'm really excited about it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Justin. Um, do you want to let people know where they can grab a copy of your books? Um, do you have a website? Do you have a socials? Just
1: plug yourself away. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I do have my own author website. So you can find that. Website under Justin T. Hunt, uh, which I think is Justin T. Hunt Wix site, I believe. I'll just confirm that on Google, of course. Yeah. Um, because this is actually a website that I myself made, so I've got to make sure I get it correct. <laughs> yeah. So I'll pop it into your chat notes, but it is... Martin vs. slash Justin T Hunt. I know that's a long one. I'll send yeah. that to you for chat. Yeah, uh, guys, um,
0: the link will be in the show notes. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, I also know that Shoreline has obviously got their copy of yep. it on their site, yep. which is Shoreline Publishing. Uh and you just have to look for Freyon Fables Rise yeah. to the Challenge. Yeah. Um, I'll put that in the uh, the chat notes too. Um you can get ebook and you can buy it. Apparently, there's Barnes and Noble listing for it too. So if yeah. you're overseas in America or something, <laughs> yeah. like, you can definitely get it through that. Yeah. So I shall provide the Barnes and Noble site and the Amazon site as well. So that's one, two, three. Yeah, that's four. Okay, good. Yeah. Um so that's four different places you can get. I myself, I actually have physical copies that I'm selling um to people in general. Um and so if anyone's interested and they just so happen to be in Walker that's where I live. <laughs> yeah. Um more than happy to sell copies. <laughs>
0: yeah awesome well thanks again for coming on and we'll be sure to get you back on when you have another book out and maybe you want to come back on and just talk about weird hour where we're pretty open <laughs> to that, that sort of thing but um talk about how much he inspired me <laughs> yes hey well look i did the same thing i i i wrote a book called letters from the Emmy war self-published it myself obviously shoreline picked it up but um i found out that john cleese is making a movie John Cleese, Rob Snyder, um, and some other um Australian comedian I hadn't heard of, they're making a movie on the same subject. Mm. So I reached out to John Cleese on his website, got in touch with his PA, and uh, sent him a book, of, uh, sent him my book. Um, yeah. So um, he's got it. I don't know if he's read it. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Um you don't either, know. either way he's held it in his hands even if he dropped it in the bin you know it's <laughs> i can say john cleese held my book you know um so yeah that's such such an awesome feeling you know um but yeah thanks guys for listening um as always um if you're an author and you want to come on uh reach out to the true and the fictional at gmail.com or send us a message on instagram stories underscore podcast um and i guess we'll catch you next time thank you so much